Welcome to the Momming with Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Hargrove. On this show, I help moms discover Jesus in their motherhood. I hope this show encourages you in your mom journey. Enjoy the message. Today's message is titled Home Sweet Home. Home Sweet Home, you might have that um, on your wall as you enter, like a cute little decor. It's a cute little phrase that we hear all the time, right? But today, as I was thinking about home sweet home, I read this verse that I'll share with you in just a second, but the essence of what we're talking about today is a mother's influence in her home. So as mothers, we have such an influence in almost every aspect of our home. And I'm going to read this verse. I'm going to start off with um, a couple of verses in Psalms 101, two through six. And this is what spoke to me. And this is where I feel like God unraveled the message through this verse. And it says, I will conduct the affairs of my house with the blameless heart. I'll say that again. It says, I will conduct the affairs of my house with the blameless heart. And it goes on to say this. I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. I hate what faithless people do. I will have no part in it. The perverse of a heart shall be far from me. I will have nothing to do with what is evil. Whoever slanders their neighbor in secret, I will put to silence. Whoever has haughty eyes and a proud heart, I will not tolerate. My eyes will be on the faithful in the land that they may dwell with me. The ones who walk as blameless will minister to me. No one who participates deceit will dwell in my house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. So that verse is kind of chunky. Like there's some like, intense wording there. Right. And it all means something very powerful for us. But the, the part of it that I really want to dive into is the very first part where it says, I will conduct the affairs of my house with the blameless heart. And when I read it, it really spoke to me today about our responsibility to take care of our house and not necessarily just the physical needs, because we all know that that is never ending, (laughs) um, literally. And, but Um, not just that, but the atmosphere of our home, what goes on within the walls of our home matters. And let me preface this whole time in this whole message by saying this, our families and our household will not be perfect whatsoever. We are all unique. Okay. And our household is filled with maybe one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I don't know how many people with all different kind of vibes, right? There might be yelling in your house sometimes. There might be arguing sometimes, tantrums, crying, and so on. There might be disorder. Look, this message is not about being perfect or having a perfect household. So let's make sure we get that straight. But what I am saying is that the influence that we have on our household matters, especially as mothers, we actually have the power to create, change, and influence the atmosphere of our home. And let's think about it, right? Like here's a funny little example. If we all of a sudden are in a random cleaning frenzy and we are a little, you know, sometimes it just is always paired with a little irritation (laughs) and we're ready to throw away all the toys on the floor, rearrange furniture. We start demanding, Hey, like, let's get up and do something here. Come on, go clean the restroom, go do this, go pick up your toys. All of a sudden, if you notice the house feels it, your husband might just be like, Okay. Yeah, sure. Is everything okay, honey? Yes. Everything's fine. You know, 
the people who live within start getting a tad nervous maybe and have that blank stare wondering what just happened? What switch happened? Maybe that never happens to you. I don't know who else it happens to, but it's cleaning time and everyone knows it, right? Our desire for a clean home right now has penetrated the atmosphere with everyone within. So that's a funny example, but let's talk a little bit deeper. We have the opportunity and ability to lead our home to honor God. And of course, if we are married, of course, in this group as mothers, mothers can be in all seasons and walks of life, whether you're married or single or a single mother, divorce, all those things, no matter what, you have the influence to lead your household. If you're married, of course, we understand the concept of um, our husband's role um, to ultimately lead our household. But today we're talking about specifically us as women. What happens within our walls of our home? God sees and he cares about. What happens within matters just as much as what happens on Sunday at church with our family or, you know, at that Thanksgiving um, dinner with our family when we have it, trying to have it almost all together. It matters just as much there as it does in our home. And as I read the scripture today, it reminded me that as a mother, I want to lead my children in our home closer to Jesus. Like I want the peace of Jesus within my home, the things that I allow and don't allow in my home, such as entertainment, the way that we speak, the way we act and treat each other and et cetera. I want it all to be honoring to God. Home is our safe place. It's a place where we can put on our PJs. We can throw our hair up and we can look ugly, pretty. Okay. None of us here are ugly, but you know what I'm talking about? Like that like ugly, pretty that no one really sees. Okay. Someone rings the doorbell like, oh, snap. They're going to know me. <laughs> this is me. You know, our home should be that place where we feel safe to be all that we are. But even though it's our safe place, it should still remain a, a remain a safe and godly place. If that makes sense. Not a place where we're just so comfortable. We throw off all restraints and allow anything unfitting for the glory of God. If we want our home to be peaceful, and filled with the spirit of God, blessed and joyful and protected by God and covered by his precious blood, we must prepare an inviting place for him to dwell. So today I truly believe that God is talking to me and all of us here about the beautiful role that we have been given as women and mothers and the responsibility that we have to conduct our home in a way that brings glory to God. We have the power to do that. And again, the first part of that verse that all of this was birthed out of was, I will conduct the affairs of my house with a blameless heart. And so today we're going to talk about three quick points. And the first one is filled with peace. The second one is foundation of Christ. And the last one is love keeps it all together. Okay. So let's talk about filled with peace. In Isaiah 32, 18, it says, and my people shall dwell in a peaceful, peaceable habitation and ensure dwellings and in quiet resting places. Whoa. Did you know that, that God cares about the situations, our habitat that we live in, his people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation. That is what he wants for us. That is what he creates for us. And that is what we have the ability to have in quiet, resting places. God desires us to live in a home filled with his peace. And I think we could all say that that sounds great. Oh, a house full of peace? Yes. But let's be honest for just a minute too. Living with different people, maybe our house, husbands, 
Maybe you have different people like mother-in-laws, who knows what you got in your house, maybe just kids, whoever else, all of us having very different and unique personalities, different needs and wants. It is not always easy to have a pure, peaceful home all day. And depending on the ages of your kids too, well, if you know, you know, right? Literally at our dinner table tonight, me and Homer are once again like, Hey, and we just kind of look at each other while all three of our kids are trying to have a conversation with us. And they're all three fighting because they're all three trying to have a conversation with us. And we're like, I don't know what to do. Like, sometimes we just have to sit there in silence and it's peaceful, but it's also crazy, right? Having a home of pizza's of peace doesn't necessarily mean a home that is quiet and everyone talks with their inside voices and never bump heads. It doesn't mean a home that is spotless with no dishes, laundry, and clean baseboards all the time, right? It doesn't mean a home without expressed emotions. That's probably impossible. I think what God means and desires for us is an overall vibe of peace. Okay. If you will, vibe of peace, a home that strives for peace, a family that works towards peace, people who desire healthy, happy, and peaceful home and do their best to play their role in that desire. Home should again, be our safe place, a place where we can go and where we feel safe and where we feel peace. Maybe growing up for you, I don't know what your upbringing was. Maybe home was, and still is to this day, a place where you felt that, oh, I just feel myself. I feel peace. I feel safe. For me growing up, that was my grandparents' house. My own home, not so much. Maybe for you, it wasn't that. Maybe it was a home filled with yelling and abuse and strife. Maybe addiction that was running over other things. Maybe you just felt insecure in your own home where you just wanted to hide, turn up your boom box and cry to Mariah Carey. I don't know. Um, right. If that was your home growing up, like it was for me, well, guess what? You now have the ability and opportunity to create the home that you wish you had a home of peace. And you now have the opportunity to create a place where your kids and even your husband or all of those who enter feel the peace of God, feel safe and feel like they can just be themselves and feel loved. But a home like this doesn't just happen. It takes intention and work and sacrifice and literally so much love. Look at what this verse says in Hebrews 12, 14. It says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Do you see that verse? Like he, God is literally encouraging us, make every single effort to live in peace with everyone like that takes work that takes intention that takes forgiveness that takes love that takes sacrifice but god is saying that even when we do that that it it causes us to be holy like he is holy like there is a sense of when we choose to be at peace with people it brings holiness to us make every effort to live at peace with everyone and what does this mean for you in your home it might look different for all of us. That might mean for you or for me choosing not to yell as much, right? Or at least try, hey, I'm going to be honest. It's hard sometimes when they don't listen, right? But I grew up in a house where 
the people didn't even try not to yell. Like there's a difference between like, I'm trying not to yell and I'm being as calm as possible to like, I don't care, I'm gonna yell. Oh man, my house was filled with that, okay? Like you just grow up like frantic, like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, so maybe for you, sorry, some of my issues are coming out, right? That might mean choosing not to yell or trying to, or maybe it means you and your husband agree to talk about your disagreements privately instead of in front of your kids. Like maybe you grew up with. That might mean choosing to stay away from substances or vices or alcohol to avoid a home of substance abuse like you encountered growing up. That might mean having boundaries in place of those who you do allow in your home or not to ensure that there's peace. That might mean working on ways that you respond in times of frustration. It might mean choosing to listen to your family's feelings rather than demanding them to go to their room and stop crying, rather than turning up the TV and not listening, maybe you choose to listen to them. It might mean tearing down old family destructive dynamics that you once knew and building new life-giving ones. It may look different for literally all of us, and it will look different because all of our families are different, all of our upbringings are different, and all of our families are unique. And it might mean simply inviting Jesus in, into your home, into your heart, into at your dinner table, throughout your day, allowing Jesus to ultimately lead your home. And I know for me, as I was reading this verse, and as I feel like God was speaking to me, I want this peaceful home. And I acknowledge that I have a role to play in creating it for myself. I want to feel peace. I want to feel safe. I want a home that glorifies God and for my family. And so what can I, and what can you do to contribute to the peace of your home today? What can we do to contribute to that? And so think about that as we move on to our second point. And the second one is foundation of Christ. Okay. I'm going to start this point off with a, a, couple of verses in Matthew 7, 24 through 28 foundation of Christ. Okay. So it says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. And yet it did not fall because it had, it had its foundation on the rock. Okay. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. I mean, when I read this, one thing that it makes me think of is we cannot avoid the storms of life. The wise and the foolish man were hit by the storms of life, by the unexpected things, by the tragedies, by the, the financial struggles, by the marital struggles, by the parental struggles. They were hit by the storms of life, by grief and loss and all kinds of things. We cannot avoid it. No matter how perfect you are, no matter how Christian you are, no matter how not Christian you are, it's going to come. But I love what this verse was trying to teach us. If we truly want an unbreakable family, unshakable home and a solid foundation, it must be built on Christ. And, but what does that actually mean? This verse explained it so clearly. It's a home that doesn't just hear the word of God on Sunday mornings or on some random one minute reel that we hear or some random podcast or something random. 
but actually puts the word of God into practice. In the same way, if we want to be fit, right? We, you know, we can't just put on cute workout clothes and expect we're going to be super healthy. Like I wish, dude, it's so annoying. Like it's so annoying. I just want to like look good and that's it. But we must do what's required. We must put in work and we must make hard decisions and we must make changes. We must do what we know is good for us. Even when we don't want to, we must follow the plan that leads to our goal. And it's similar in our walk with Christ. If we have a desire to have a peaceful and godly home and not just our home, but within our heart, we must choose joyfully to follow him with not just our words, but our actions. But you must know that when you choose to, it is not in vain. And just like this story explains, when you do, when you follow the the leading of God and his word, when you build your life, your family, your home on this solid foundation of Christ, when the storms of life do come, which they will, you will not fall. But when we build our house on the sand and that that are other things that promise things, but never deliver things other than Christ. We will not stand. It, it just, it's simple. It's, it's, it's simple. Our family's peace and bond will be compromised because will be compromised because the rock of Christ is the only thing that, that can truly hold us together. And honestly, it's so easy for so many Christians to simply wear the label of Christianity, but not actually enjoy the benefits from the the promises and instructions that are truly only to benefit us and our family. The word of God, the Bible, the scriptures, all of that stuff have been given a bad rap. And people assume even without reading it for themselves that the Bible just simply like tells me what to do. Like, it's just like, don't do this. Don't do that. I feel judged. I feel like you know, um, I have to live this perfect life. And I, if I don't like, I'm just, why even try, you know, the Bible is just boring. Like it just makes you feel like, uh, you, you know, it gives you a set of rules and who wants to follow rules, right? Because no, we don't. And, um, it causes us to believe that and think that our life's going to be lame and boring because we have to be good and never mess up. But that is far from the truth. The Bible literally gives us a guide to live in a way that blesses us. <laughs> and helps us to truly live a fulfilled and fruitful life. God doesn't instruct us to restrain from anything that is actually good from us, good for us. He only warns us of things to avoid if he knows it ultimately will have a negative impact on our life. He is our father and he cares for us and knows what's best for us even more than we do. And his word and living by it truly only blesses our life. And honestly, not just our life, our kids and generations to come. And it makes me think of this verse, Ecclesiastes 4.12. It says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, but a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And what this is referring to is Jesus is that third strand in the middle. You can be locking arms with your sister, with your friend, with uh, your husband with somebody. And you know what? Y'all can defend each other. But when you lock arms together with Jesus, it is not quickly broken. The foundation of Christ is indestructible. When you allow your life, your family to set their foundation on him. And so foundation of Christ. And let's move on to our last point, And that is love keeps it all together. 
It keeps it all together. In Matthew 12, 25, it says, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. And I see this verse to be completely true. And I've seen it even around me. Like if you see an ex, um, families that have been split apart through, and what's so common is a lot of families can be split apart through even loss of loved ones. And for some reason that just brings so much ugliness out or political views shoot, like all different kinds of things. When families are divided over these little and even, uh, even big things, when they are divided, the family falls apart. And I've seen it time and time again, even in my own extended family. And it's just so sad, right? And it's so unfortunate. And at the end of the day, it is love that keeps it all together. It is love that makes for a peaceful home. If we are divided against each other, our house will fall. And the truth is the devil wants nothing more than to destroy our home. Nothing more than to cause division. He wants to create chaos within our marriages, within our families. And he knows that the family unit, when it's filled with love and unity, it is unbreakable and brings so much glory to God. So of course he wants to attack and he will attack. That is like one of his main areas that he's like, mm, like, let's destroy this amazing family. Let's, let's do this. But God's plan and desire is obviously completely opposite. And this is actually what the word of God says in John 10, 10, it says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. That in another version of Bible says that they may have life and have life abundantly. Do you hear that? Jesus is telling you today, I have come to give you life and to give you life abundantly. The enemy does want to still kill and destroy, but Jesus is bigger than that. He's like, don't worry about that loser. <laughs> he may have a big game. He may try to steal. He may try to kill. He may try to destroy, but I have come to give you life and not just a mediocre life to the fullest. So if we know that the devil may try to attack, we must be aware and alert. We must be proactive to protect our family and our home to ensure that it is filled with the unfailing love in all seasons, because he will try to come and bring division in all shapes and form. But if you're not aware, it will easily attack and destroy. But if you are aware of this truth, you can stand up and be ready to fight against his tax attacks and allow love to flourish. But how do we do that? Right? Well, you might've heard this verse before, and it's a beautiful verse, but this is how we do it. Um, first Corinthians 13, four through eight. How do we love? Like she's saying, like the Bible says, and this is how we do it. Love is patient. So we're patient. Love is kind. We choose kindness. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor each other. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. And it always perseveres. Love never fails. I mean, what a powerful verse. And I'm sure we've seen it on t-shirts and coffee mugs and you might've walked into a friend's home and it's right there. And it's so beautiful, the love verse. But 
even though it's so beautiful, did you hear what it said? These things that it said is hard, not easily angered. How many times have you got easily angered? Not self-seeking. How many times you say, you know, what? I'm just going to worry about myself. I don't care anymore. I don't worry about myself. How many times have we disrespected each other? How many times have we kept a subconscious list of how that person has hurt us over and over and over? And you know what? Some of those things are very justified. And you know what? Um, 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 it's okay to have feelings, you know, but it's what we do with it. How many times have we persevered through the hardest things and been patient and been kind? Those things are actually hard to do, but that is what love does. This verse sounds pretty, but it isn't easy if we're being honest. But if we choose to live it out, regardless of how we feel, and if we feel like it or not, we will see that our home only continues to grow in love. The enemy will be defeated as he realizes you have found the secret key to unlock this peaceful home. And that is as simple as love. He knows that love never fails. The Bible says that, and he knows that. Well, if they, if they allow love to, you know, grow, well then dang it, like love never fails and there's nothing he can do about it. So let's choose love and watch your home truly feel like home, sweet home, home, sweet home. And so I know that we kind of talked about a lot of different things when it comes to our home. We started off with that verse that says, I will conduct the affairs in my house with a blameless heart. We began to understand that a mother has so much influence in her home, that we have the ability to create peace within our home, to invite the peace of God within our home through our efforts, through our actions, through our intentions. We talked about the importance of really setting the foundation of our home on Christ rather than every other thing that always fails us, that when the storms of life come, that we will stand and we will not fall. And we ended it with talking about love and how it truly keeps it all together. Love never fails. And no matter how hard the enemy tries to attack, when we choose love, our home begins to be that safe place. And so with all that being said, guys, I pray and I hope that today's word and message from the Holy Spirit was able to speak to you in a very specific way. That is always my prayer, whether it's one verse, one word, or the whole thing. I ask the Holy spirit to speak to your hearts. Cause I don't know what's going on in your life, but God does. God knows what's going on in my heart. And I truly believe that he wants us to just, um, enjoy a house and a family of peace and love. Right. And so if you listen today and you heard all this and you're like, man, like this hit, like, Yes, I want to create this kind of atmosphere. And you know what? There's some things I can do. There's some things I can do. And that's literally this week I've been writing down things that I can do um, specifically and trying to just really work on myself, if we're being honest, the way that I respond, the way that I act, all those kinds of things. And it's not easy, <clears throat> but maybe you heard this. And at the end, you realize like, man, like all this sounds great. But at the end of the day, I don't know if I've actually said, Jesus, I want you to be my rock. I want you to be my foundation. I've tried all kinds of other things. I've believed, I haven't believed I've been close to and I, or I've ran away and I come back and I've just been so confused about where I stand with you, God. But if you're at a place today where you're like, Jesus, I'm ready to just say, dude, okay, maybe not dude, right? Or, you know, no, Lord <laughs> almighty, 
can you be my solid foundation? Like I'm ready to say yes to you, Jesus. I'm ready to allow you in my heart, in my home, in my family, with my children. And I need you. If that's you, I want to pray for you today. And I encourage you even tonight before you go to bed to have a personal pray with him and invite him in your heart as your Lord, as your savior, as your foundation, when the winds and the storms of life come that he will be your anchor. And so God, I thank you for all of those who were apart. And I just pray that you continue to speak to their heart, Jesus, that you show them, Jesus, that you will be right there with them in the joyful times of life, but even in the storms of life and that with you, that they will not fall. I pray that you show them that they can trust you, that you are their safe place, that you are real Jesus, that you died for them on the cross and that God rose you from the dead and defeated sin in the grave so that you could simply have a relationship with them, that you simply love them and want to be with them. And so God, I pray that you reveal that truth to them. And I just pray salvation over everyone's soul. And I pray that you bless our children, our families. And ultimately, God, we ask you to bless our homes with your peace, with your Holy Spirit, with your presence in Jesus name. Amen. I hope you found encouragement today. I'd love to connect with you. You can find me by following Lauren A. Hargrove on Instagram or Facebook. And before you go, can you do me a favor and leave a rating and review for this show? I would greatly appreciate it. And it would help other moms better find the show too. With that, thank you for being a part of our community today. And until next time.